What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe and it is Wednesday, November 18th. It's draft day, baby. Yes, there are other things in life than NFL football. NBA draft, it's like really top heavy, the, the top three, but it should be interesting. It should be interesting. It's going to be fun watching. I, I, I enjoy the NBA, uh, but I'm not going to talk any more about the NBA on the show today because, of course, we got to break down week 11 rankings, our initial look at rankings for you here heading into very pivotal week. I mean, hey, the rubber's already met the road in fantasy football, but we are coming down the stretch. Obviously, every win is crucial, so we'll try and set you up for a W. Eat that W this week before we do. And yeah, I'll tell you where Jameis comes in. Before we do, though, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks. That means anyone, anyone has a chance of winning. Even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Football, baby. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANTS, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. So $5 free game, $50 deposit match, win-win. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. Of course, you can see the site for full terms and restrictions. A great way to help the podcast out right there using that promo code rant over at monkeyknifefight.com. All right, so let's dive into it. Let's talk rankings here for week 11 fantasy football. Of course, you can get my rankings as they change throughout the week. They do. I I wish I could just set it on a Wednesday and forget it. Uh, that just simply isn't the case. But, you know, usually it's minor adjustments through the week unless there's like crazy injury stuff. But I'm still researching. I was literally researching right before this for a wide receiver cornerback for tomorrow's podcast. And and as I uncover new nuggets, things change a little bit. But anyway, if you want to access FTNFantasy.com and get this, it's just 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks until you get it to the Super Bowl. So you get behind the paywall. You get access to great tools, including the Splits app. And I, I haven't really talked a lot about the Splits app. If you want to know certain situations, like, for example, I've talked a bunch about with Joe Mixon being out, right? Here's how Giovanni Bernard has performed without Mixon. Now, for me to track all that information down independently, I could do it. You could do it. Anybody could do it. But it all comes down to time, right? I mean, that's a it's definitely not like a five-minute thing. Maybe like an hour thing, potentially, if you really want to dig into it. It's not not probably an hour, but it's it's like a 15-minute thing. <laughs> it's 15 minutes. Well, with the Splits app, it's instant. All you do is you type in Giovanni Bernard, then you can you can see with any player on the field or off the field how he performs. So you can type in, we have another box, you type in Joe Mixon, type in when or you click when Joe Mixon is out, and boom, you get the answer. 
and you can see exactly how he performed. And it's really anything. I mean, it, it's really freaking awesome. That alone is worth 20 bucks straight on through the Super Bowl, especially if you're a sports better. I mean, you're getting it for season-long fantasy football, but you can use it for whatever the heck you want to use it for. DFS, whatever. 20 bucks, well worth it. Go check it out, ftnfantasy.com. All right, so a quarterback, I have Kyler at one. He scored a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, all but one game this season. He's phenomenal. And I have Russ at three. I, I think this is a really fascinating matchup between two players who are cut from the same cloth. Like, when you look at them, I mean, yes, Kyler was comp to Russ. There's some differences in their game, but he was comp to Russ coming in the into the league. I mean, Kyler is a more dynamic runner than Russ. Russ is a super smart runner and a good running quarterback. Kyler is an elite. You know, he's one of the best we've seen. Russ is a better passer than Kyler, but Kyler's no slouch in that department either. So this is just a really cool game. So I have them at one and three for Thursday Night Football. Excited about that game. And I had Patrick Mahomes right in between. Doesn't it feel like like 15 years since Patrick Mahomes was last on the field? That bye week took forever. <laughs> forever. But he's back. And he's at number two. Lamar I have tentatively right now at number four. And I don't know if I'm going to change that one. I Initially, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to rank him that high. But when I, when I stacked him up against some of the other guys, like, for example, Rodgers moves down in my ranks this week because it's a tougher matchup. So Lamar's at four. You can throw on Tennessee, and I'm, I don't think Lamar's going to throw a lot, but two passing scores last week. If Lamar goes, you know, very similar line to last week, which is kind of what I'm projecting him for, I have him at 230 and just under two passing scores, then I have him rushing just under 50 yards, and he has about a 44% chance of scoring a touchdown. I mean, he's going to be a top five guy. That's the Lamar we need. We don't need the Lamar who throws for 215 and no touchdown passes. doesn't matter what he does on the ground then. It's going to be hard for him to be better than just like a back-end quarterback one. That's like Tim Tebow-type numbers right there. We don't want that from Lamar, but I think this is a good matchup for him against Tennessee. Justin Herbert at five. I keep going back to I would sell Herbert, and it's not a knock on him because I do like him. I really do. But why I would sell Herbert is because people love him. So I think you could get a nice return. Now, I would only do it, though, if I'm I'm good at quarterback. Like, if I have Herbert and Matt Ryan, probably keeping Herbert. But if I have Herbert and, like, Rodgers or uh, Herbert and Mahomes, Herbert and Murray, there are people out there like that, I would sell before your trade deadline. Now, your trade deadline might be today. Uh, in a lot of leagues, it is. Keep an eye out for that. Anyway, uh, that's a good thing to pay attention to. Ben Roethlisberger at six. Love what he did last week. Love the matchup this week. Love Ben Roethlisberger. Deshaun. Deshaun's tricky. I don't mind the matchup for Deshaun. This is a weird game, though. New England's now favored. They opened up as dogs. Now they're favored. So I don't know what to do with Deshaun other than, you know, in other words, I'm not going to move him up. But I'm definitely not going to move him down. He just sort of hovers in the mid-range of the quarterback ones now for me. Uh, After Deshaun Aaron Rodgers, the aforementioned, comes in at 8. It's Indy. It's a tough matchup. There's no doubt about it. And we did see him susceptible to the tough matchup against the Bucs. But he is playing at really the best level we've seen him play at in several seasons. So I think in season long, you just continue to roll with him. Matt Ryan against New Orleans. I'm not intimidated by the New Orleans secondary unless they're playing the Bucks, So, not worried there. Could have Calvin Ridley back. We'll see. 
After Ryan, I have Cam Newton at 10 against Houston. You can run on Houston. Cam can run, so that's the appeal there. Again, though, these running quarterbacks who don't throw a lot, they more, they're more or less fringe quarterback ones or back-end quarterback ones. That's where Cam is now for me. Tom Brady at 11. It's a tougher matchup, so he comes back a little bit this week against the Rams. And then Carson Wentz at 12. But now I will say this. So I'm going back to the well on Carson Wentz, okay? But if I look from really from Cam Newton at 10 down to about, I'm going to say 14 or 15. I have Stafford at 15 currently. And Stafford's going to be fine with the uh, thumb injury, even though it, it sounds worse than what I think it really is. So here's the list in order. It's Newton, Brady, Wentz, Jameis, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford. I could even throw Joe Burrow in there at, at 16 maybe. When I look at projections, and yes, I can. Now I'm looking at the numbers. There's there is a half a point difference from the top of that list to the bottom of that list. So in other words, if I say, oh, Cam Newton's at 10 and Joe Burrow's at 16, it sounds like there's a sizable gap between those guys. Like, you must use Cam Newton. I don't think it's sizable. And this is a one complaint I always have about rankings. Rankings don't show the nuance, don't show the subtlety of difference sometimes between one player and another. So I don't think it's clear cut. And if you said, hey, Jeff, I'm going to start Jameis over Cam Newton, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I have Jameis at 13 because I have to put him somewhere. I have Cam Newton at 10 because I have to put him somewhere. And the projections are slightly more favorable for Cam. But really, we are splitting hairs when we get into this range. Now, I will say, though, if you're talking about somebody like Kirk Cousins, I would not do that. And I'll tell you why. Minnesota has shown that when they face a defense that cannot defend the run, the Cowboys giving up 4.8 yards per carry to opposing running backs, they run the F out of the football, and they don't pass. So I would be careful there. I'd be careful with, like, Teddy Bridgewater. I'd be careful... With any anybody who I haven't mentioned, even Tua to a degree, I would I would be careful with. So there you go. There's quarterback. Moving on to running back. Yes, Dalvin Cook. Great matchup. Love him. He is at number one. I mean, would you expect me to put him anywhere else? Alvin Kamara. Not uh a believe it or not, not a great matchup. I mean, it's an okay. It's it should be a good game script, but Atlanta has done surprisingly well against opposing running backs. But I don't really care. My bigger concern is whether or not Jameis can check down. I really hope he does, but uh, Kamara is is still, you know, largely matchup proof. Aaron Jones, I don't know if he's quite matchup proof. It is a tough matchup, but this is a volume play for sure. Plus his upside at three. Derek Henry at four against Baltimore. Well, he had no problem against Indy last week. I know he didn't score a touchdown, but he really looked fine like it wasn't one of those games where Henry sort of disappears or gets completely bottled up and goes 20 for 60 like he looked fine and that's a really good run defense he was up against Josh Jacobs trending up man love him against Kansas City you can run against Kansas City and if the Raiders are going to win that game which they could (laughs) they already have so uh if they're going to win that game how do you how do you beat the Kansas City Chiefs? One way is to keep their offense off the field. And how you do that in the NFL is with the run game. Uh DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift is at 6. Oh, it's happening. Now he's facing Carolina, but it's happening. The the switch has happened. The 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 Swift has been flipped. I that was really hard to say. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he is in there as a top 10 play. Miles Sanders at seven. Like how he looked last week, even though he got gesickied. Uh, Mike Davis at eight. Uh, McCaffrey's not going to play. My fear was coming true. They're on by in week 13. What do we see consistently in the NFL? If a player is hurt and the bye week is approaching, the player stays out through the bye week. I don't, I mean, there are some people who are hopeful that that McCaffrey plays next week. I'm not holding my breath on that one. And here's the reason why I'm willing to go back to the well with Davis. Because he hasn't looked that good, I know. It's Detroit. That's it. <laughs> That's really it right there. Uh, James Conner, it's Jacksonville. That's the only reason why I'm willing to go back to that well. Nick Chubb faces the Eagles. That's a tough one. He comes in at 10 for me. James Robinson at 11. He gets a tougher matchup against the Steelers. See, ordinarily, these guys would be up ahead of them. Uh, Zeke at 12. I think getting Dalton in there actually kind of helps Zeke a little bit. Not going overboard here, but he's a back-end RB1. Antonio Gibson slides in at 13. I think this game will finally set up positively for you know Washington to run the football a little bit instead of uh, get behind and pass the ball 29 times in the last two weeks to J.D. McKissick. <laughs> Uh, Kareem Hunt at 14. It is a tough matchup, but he had three more touches than Chubb did last week. Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 15. How the mighty have fallen, because this is not a bad matchup at all, but I don't see how we can trust him as anything more than an RB2, and it's not really the Lev Bell thing. It's more the the last two games we've seen them. They're passing a ton thing. That's really what it is. Duke at 16, the most boring RB2 out there. (laughs) Maybe I was wrong. I was calling Wayne Gallman the next David Montgomery. Maybe it's Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson is the Texas David Montgomery. There you go. Uh, Todd Gurley at 17. Tougher matchup against New Orleans, but you you know, you know play him for his red zone value. Ronald Jones gets a tough matchup. He's at 18. Most weeks I would really buy hook, line, sinker in on what we saw last week, but the Rams are a good defense. It's 2020, so why not? Kalen Balazs. Kalen Balazs at 19. Why not? He has 40 touches over the last two weeks. Damian Harris at 20. I expect to see plenty of him against Houston. Mel Gordon, a boring RB2 as well. He is uh, the mile high David Montgomery, um, but I'm still going to go with him as an RB2. Savan Ahmed on the other side of that, though, at 22. I like him this week, and I picked him up in one of my home leagues. A week too late, I know. I picked him up in another league last week, though, so I am a man of my word there. But I got him. I'm using him. I think the game script's going to set up well. And in that league, I got the game stack, too, because I also have Miami's defense, who I picked up last week. Uh, Kenyon Drake at 23. He should be good to go, but we'll update that, of course, tomorrow. J.D. McKissick uh, at 24 with his, all of his volume. So on the outside looking in, I, I have not ranked a Bengals running back yet because I don't know what's going to happen in that backfield. Uh, Chase Edmonds can't trust him as anything more than a flex. Rex Burkhead is still a flex. Don't want to trust any of the Rams running backs this week because the touches were basically equally distributed. Really don't want to trust the Indy backfield as well because the touches were basically (laughs) not really evenly distributed, but they're so unpredictable week to week. If I had to use one at times, but he's just a flex. I have LaMichael Pirine in the flex range as well. I'm not using him this week, but I tell you what, I am picking his ass up. Because I'm very interested in what they're going to do with him. Moving on to wide receiver at the top, Devontae Adams. Yes, it's a tougher matchup. I don't care. De- DeAndre Hopkins next. It's a great matchup for him. He went up over 100 
uh, had 10 catches and a touchdown in that game the last time these two teams faced each other, which was just a few weeks ago. Tyreek is back. He's at three. Julio is back. He is at four. DK Metcalf is at five. That game a few weeks ago, he did not have a good game, right? He just had two catches in that game. Meanwhile, Tyler Lockett had a historic game for fantasy purposes. A 50-burger is rare. I don't know if Lockett's going to play. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping an eye. I always record this on Wednesday afternoons if I can get any practice report information. You know, it's me trying to get as much info for you as I can heading into these contests. And um, right now, I don't have a Wednesday practice report from Seattle. So if he's DNP on a Wednesday, that's not good because he was DNP on a Tuesday for a Thursday night game. He's got to get at least a limited if he doesn't play, we're going to upgrade. David Moore will be a wide receiver three play in that matchup. Um, and I'll tell you where I'm ranking Lockett otherwise in, in just a minute. But Metcalf struggled in that one because of how they treated him. But if, I mean, hey, if Lockett doesn't go, they're going to have to throw the DK regardless. Keenan Allen at six, double-digit target man against the Jets as well. The Jets just outright cutting Pierre Desir. They're like, you know what? <laughs> Nobody's better than you. Just we could go with nobody, and and that's better than you. Not nobody is better than you. <laughs> Maybe it came out wrong, Pierre. We don't need a cornerback. <laughs> Take a hike. Anyway, um, Terry McLaurin, man, he's he's top five in targets. I didn't think that was going to happen coming into the season, but I guess when there's no nobody else there, I guess it makes sense. And Alex Smith's going to throw the ball. Uh, Adam Thielen at eight. I'm a little cautious with this one because, like I said, I don't want to go too overboard here and then it turn into they pass the ball 15 times and the backfield, you know, racks up 40 carries. But, you know, still top 10. Uh, Lockett would come in at nine if he goes. Michael Thomas at 10 against Atlanta. Great matchup, but Jameis does not look in the intermediate, so that's the one drawback here. But he's still a wide receiver one this week. Then get this. Ready? 12, uh, 11, 12, 13. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. I have never done this before. And when I ran all the numbers and when I looked at everything, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be freaking kidding me. These guys are all basically wide receiver ones. But then, I mean, I guess it makes sense because last week they were all wide receiver ones. That's crazy. Like that's cra- it's crazy enough to have three in the top thirty-six, much less three wideouts from the same team in the top fifteen. Technically, top thirteen here. That's crazy, but it's legit. Now I'm getting questions from people. If you had Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, if you had Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, if you had Juju and Clay- uh, Chase Claypool, whatever. If you have two of them, should you start two of them? I don't mind it. And I'm the first to tell you, in a backfield, I don't want to, but I don't mind it here. I did this last last week. It's a little bit of a deeper league. It's my points only league where we have we have a we have a deeper starting roster, deeper benches. Um, there's you know there's IDP. It's it's a fun league. I'll I'll break that league down in the off season. Maybe I'll do a podcast in the off season on like you know different league formats, just in case you want to like branch out, spread your wings. But I did it and it worked. It worked last week, so I would go after it again this week. I think Big Ben's in a great position. You could throw all over that Jacksonville defense. 
Justin Jefferson at 14 against Dallas. Of course, he gets a little bit of the Dallas bump, though the concern is still the same for him as it is for Thielen, but he was so good last week. A.J. Brown backsliding a little bit. He is so TD dependent, and it's a tough matchup against Baltimore, but he slides in at 15. 16, Will Fuller. Wide receiver two with upside. Yeah, That's basically what it is against New England. I'm not intimidated by New England. Robbie Anderson is at 17. Now, I have DJ Moore at 20. Now, here's the thing. Heading into last week, I thought, okay, Tampa, you know, they uh, they do use the you know shadow coverage with Carlton Davis, and I expect Robbie Anderson to get the, the, the star treatment. It was DJ Moore, actually. So this week against Detroit, not that I'm intimidated by Desmond Trufant, but Trufant could be on Moore, and Anderson could have a bounce back week. But regardless, both of them are wide receiver two plays. I just don't want to be too down on Robbie Anderson. Tyler Boyd slides in at 18. T. Higgins at 19. So the teammates there against Washington. And two more teammates coming in at 21 and 22. Uh, Bob Woods, Cooper Cup. And then two more teammates at 23-24, Godwin and Evans. I don't know how it worked out that way this week, but it did. Um the, the back-end guys, I mean, they're against Los Angeles. This is a tough secondary. And by the way, I still have A.B. as a wide receiver three as well. I'll get to him in a minute. But they really cannibalize off of each other as well. That's the other trick here, the, the other problem. Amari Cooper sliding in at 25. I mean, I like the matchup, but, I mean, can we really trust that passing game, right? Uh, DJ Chark gets a little bit of a downgrade this week. He's a wide receiver three at 26. We just know he has, any, he has upside in any given week. You, you just have to... Be prepared for the down weeks with DJ Chark. Christian Kirk, I like him as a wide receiver three. I have him as a top 30 play at 27 this week against Seattle. At 28, Devontae Parker slides in there against Denver. 29, Jamison Crowder. I would use him, as, and I'm not using Brashad Perryman this week. I, I think Crowder's still the top option. And if anything, I would want to go out of the slot against the Chargers. Jacoby Myers at 30. It's a nice little matchup for him. I don't think he sees a shadow from Bradley Roby in this one, by the way. Brandon Cooks on the other side at 31. Revenge game. Uh, Jarvis Landry against the Eagles. Uh, if you want to go after the Eagles, you go after the Eagles in the slot. So I think Jarvis will be just fine. Uh, Mike Williams at 33. I'm not disappointed or anything by last week. I mean, they just – Miami had their number, so I wouldn't get too crazy with your um, – you know, downgrading Mike Williams after last week. I think he'll still be fine going forward. He's actually been pretty good this year. I've been pretty impressed with how he's played. A.B. is at 34, as I mentioned earlier. He's a wide receiver three. Jerry Judy at 35. Marvin Jones. Who? Marvin Jones at 36 to round things out there. So some of the guys on the outside, Travis Fulgham downgrading a little bit. Marquise Brown. These guys are all potential flex options, but basically wide receiver fours for me. Michael Pittman, I'm not going to use him just yet. Rashad Perryman, who I mentioned as well. Even Josh Reynolds, who's trending up. I'm not going to get too crazy with him. All right, let's move on to tight end. And of course, at the top, it's Travis Kelsey. If you have Travis Kelsey, you're basically starting two tight ends this week. If you have Darren Waller, you're starting like one and a half tight ends. Anything after that point, well, you're, you're, you're hopefully starting one tight end. <laughs> hopefully. I have three, I have Mark Andrews. I do think we'll see some decent target volume for him in this one, but even he doesn't project out too crazy. I have him at 46.8 receiving yards. 
uh, with four and a half projected receptions, 0.6, so a 60% chance of scoring a touchdown. So it's not super high volume, but it's still better than what you're getting from the rest of the tight ends. At four, if you play on a site where this is, is possible, Taysom Hill at four. Why? Because you have the potential for, you know, so I look at most of these tight ends and out of all of these tight ends, let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. That's it. Six tight ends in the league projected to see more than four touches. You know, over four catches, basically, because I'm not projecting anybody with a rushing attempt. Taysom Hill could double that up easily. Now, the value of a carry for fantasy purposes is not the same implied value as the value of a catch. It isn't. But those touches start to add up. And we get a situation, I've mentioned this before, like Ty Montgomery when he was with the Packers and he was designated wide receiver for fantasy, but he was playing running back uh, you know, for the Packers. So you had a wide receiver who's touching the ball a dozen times or more. The value there was was really impressive. So with Taysom Hill, it's a tough position. He's going to touch the ball regardless of, of uh, you know, Jameis is going to be under center most of the time. Sure, Taysom's going to touch the ball. He's at four. But you may not be in a league where that is possible. So, it, it, you know, if you're not on ESPN, for example, I don't know if there's any other sites, honestly. I didn't. I, I know most of them that I play on, he's not eligible for that. I don't know if there are any others. I'm 100% certain on ESPN. Because I remember when I saw it in the offseason, I thought, like, that must be a mistake. They did give him quarterback eligibility on ESPN, but I guess for super flex leagues, that might be something. But even there, I, I don't, I'm not going to get too crazy with that. But regardless, if that's not possible, then at four, I have TJ Hawkinson. Uh, hopefully, gets beyond this injury. Dallas Goddard at five. Um, I don't think Zach Ertz is back this week. I'll have more information for you on that one for the show on Friday because on my XM show on Thursdays, I do have Adam Kaplan on, and I'm going to actually ask him specifically about Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz uh, tomorrow on my, my radio show. So I'll have more info for you coming up on that. Hunter Hendry at six uh, against the Jets. Not a bad matchup for him. Noah Fant, a little banged up, but he'll be fine. Sliding in at seven, Hayden Hurst at eight, and a potential, yeah, potentially high-scoring game for sure. Gronk at nine. They still have the red zone connection, Gronk and Brady, so I still think he's a top ten option. Eric Ebron at ten, Jonu Smith at eleven, Austin Hooper at twelve. It is not fun when you get back here. It is not fun at all. But I do have some guys who are trending down, like Jared Cook is trending down. Jameis just doesn't look at tight ends. Mike Kosicki, I think we've learned our lesson. I'm not going to write Mike Kosicki off and. Dynasty, but the breakout thing I don't think is happening this year. Robert Tanyan, everybody's chasing the three-touchdown game. We're never going to get it. It already happened, right? Logan Thomas, watch, he has three touchdowns this week. Logan Thomas, we know what Logan Thomas is. He's a really low upside streamer. I mean, there's nobody else. The position, how is the position this barren? Mind-boggling. But Taysom, you are our savior. Taysom Hill. All right, that's the rankings for you. If you want the entire set, go to ftnfantasy.com. If you want to check out all of our DFS options or everything that we have, uh, uh, offerings, 
there. You can check that out over at FTNDaily.com and then FTNBets.com for all your betting needs, sports betting needs. Of course, I appreciate everybody reviewing the show on Apple. If you haven't done so already, uh, well, there's many ways to do so, but the easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, open up the Apple Podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, and scroll to the bottom, click the stars, you're done. That's it. You can also do it on the web. If people still use the web, you can do it there too. I appreciate everybody doing it. The celebration is coming soon for 1K. The 1K celebration. It will be here, I swear. Uh, also, you can follow along on social media at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way, I know you are a listener of the show. I'll catch you on the flip side tomorrow. We'll break down wide receiver cornerbacks for you on the pod, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. <laughs>